Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is the day that we should give thanks, especially for those faithful fathers who taught us the things we could not understand. In fact, we give thanks that God, our Father, most especially revealed our salvation and the means by which we might be saved from this evil and wicked generation and from even our own most grievous sins. Today is such a great celebration of the Holy Trinity, but I find it quite surprising. Typically, we celebrate those things that we fully understand, but today we don't fully understand the mystery of the Trinity, and yet we still celebrate. Because we know by faith it is necessary for us to believe these things, and it is good for us to believe them. For the Father, in His glory, in His Love for a fallen creation sent his only begotten son into the flesh, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And not only did we receive the son, but from the father and the son proceeded the Holy Spirit. Last week, we praised God for sending to us the Holy Spirit because he is our comforter and our counselor. But today is not a day of understanding. It is a day of acknowledgement, of recognizing that though we in our fallen reason and and our feeble minds cannot understand fully the mystery of the Trinity, we don't have to be afraid that our faith is in jeopardy. You don't have to fear about losing the faith merely because you cannot understand what is a mystery. In fact, Jesus' teachings are often strange and odd-sounding to our ears. They were just like that for Nicodemus, even a teacher of Israel. Born again. Born from above. What are you talking about? What does this mean? How is it possible for a man to be rolled out, bound up in a ball, and put back into his mother's womb a second time? But this wasn't what Jesus was speaking of, not a second physical birth. And yet, falling on Nicodemus's ears were these strange and odd-sounding words. He did not understand this, this second birth, without faith, because he could not see the kingdom of God. Jesus approached Jesus for insight, knowing that Jesus was a man from God, His miracles would have been impossible to do had not God been with him. His teachings, so marvelous, even at the age of 12, when he sat in the temple, they were marveling at how much wisdom this child had. And now, some 30 years old, here Jesus causes Nicodemus to marvel and yet be confused. At the same time, Jesus does not say that you need to be born again of the flesh. For what advantage will that be to you? A double portion of sin? No, thank you. But in fact, we need to be born of water and the Spirit. 
We need to be born of God, as John testifies in chapter 1. But Nicodemus had such a great difficulty receiving this word from Jesus. Nicodemus, like all the other Jews, in fact, believed he already had everything from God that he needed. He was, of course, born of God. He was a child of Abraham and of Isaac. All his life, he practiced and taught the Torah, the books of Moses. He went through the prophets of the Old Testament, the Psalms. He knew them. He made the appropriate sacrifices at just the right time for his sins. What are you telling me, Jesus, that I need to be born again? I have everything that I need. What am I missing? But perhaps he was missing the greatest thing of all. For Jesus would tell him, as he tells all of us, that everything in the scriptures, from the Psalms to the prophets, the books of Moses, they all bear witness to Jesus. But still, Nicodemus could not understand this, for he had not yet been born again by water and the Spirit, and so this word was still difficult to him. Just as he approached Jesus in the dark, so he remained in the dark about the things of the kingdom of God. And yet this is why Jesus comes. This is why Jesus cuts right to the chase and does not give him this coddling, but he tells him exactly what he needs, not to proclaim to us a second physical birth, but to tell us that our physical birth into this life was not, in fact, into Life it was into death. You are dead in your sins and trespasses. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is come near. Repentance, my friends, is not optional. It is in humility that we must come to God. Not believing that we have everything, but in fact believing that we need all things from God. Repentance is not optional because no one can stand before God of his own physical righteousness. We are devoid of that. And so it is not possible for a man to enter into the kingdom of God without having first been born new in baptism. Just as we would say that man does not exist before he is born of his mother or conceived in the womb, should I say, so also man as a Christian does not exist apart from faith and holy baptism. But this is why Jesus comes, to give us new birth in the water of holy baptism. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians these words, he says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Jesus has come to bring us a new way of being born. Not of flesh, for flesh is of flesh, but the Spirit, so that being born of the Spirit, we may see the things of God. We acknowledge that these words are often difficult for us to bear. In fact, we could spend a lifetime studying the Scriptures and still feel like we have not understood them. Perfectly. 
It is because the things of God are difficult for us. It's, we are conflicted in our minds because of our old sinful nature. But Jesus comes to teach us the necessity of this new birth that transforms us into a new person, to be living members of Christ's body. And it's not a joke, okay? It's not a symbol. It's nothing that is like what we know. You are actually the living member of Christ. You are of his body and you share in him as he is in you. Now, as I said, the Jews thought that because they had all the word of Moses and they had the temple of God, that they would alone be saved. But Jesus comes speaking a new word, a universal word, one that is not for only the Jews, but for the Jews first and then the Gentiles. It is as if Jesus comes and says, all that you practice, all the words of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, they point to me so that you would look forward to my coming and gladly hear my words and receive them. But Jesus said that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. For they wanted the temple of God to be a physical building. But Jesus said, the temple of God is my own body. They wanted to continue placing the burden of circumcision on the Gentiles. But Jesus said that the circumcision of the flesh is now no longer. It does not avail anyone anything. Now it is the circumcision without hands. The circumcision of the heart. And he connects all those who died in the Old Testament. As having died in the faith, believing in the coming of him. Him who was the Lamb sacrificed for us. The great high priest and sacrifice. Who entered into the Holy of Holies once for all. For the salvation of all. So that all who died in the Old Testament were just as us. Christians. They were justified by faith in Christ. And God counted it to them as righteousness. Now, if you wish to believe and to hold fast to the true Christian faith, you must hear that Jesus talks to us about the means of grace. How God, in fact, delivers this forgiveness that our Savior won for us on the cross. He talks about him like this. He points us to the word. That it is the office of the holy ministry and the word of forgiveness, the office of the keys that forgive the sins of those who are repentant and also withholds forgiveness for the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. But here, by this word of forgiveness, your sins are truly forgiven, removed, atoned for. Just as the angel came to Isaiah and placed the coal on his lips, so the word of God enters you and purifies you, takes your guilt away, and atones for your sins, because Christ has atoned. Baptism, where God joins his word with the holy water. This water is otherwise plain water, but it is God's word combined with the water, and included in there is our salvation. For we have a command of God, go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you. And all these things lead us to the pinnacle of our divine service, the Lord's Supper, 
For he takes the word and joins it with bread and wine, and it is now his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Apart from these three things, there can be no deliverance of forgiveness, and there can be no hope for salvation. We need the word, the water, and the supper. Now, if you wish to be saved, you must, above all things, believe this Catholic faith. That is the universal faith in the Son of God who has come to redeem you. For faith alone in Christ justifies the sinner before God. Now, all of these things that I have spoken, how are we to understand them? Oftentimes, we can't. But we acknowledge by faith that this is the truth. We hold fast to this truth, not because I understand it, but because God has spoken it. And he has told us this is the way of salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone. And not only the salvation, the freedom and the peace in this life, but this is our salvation into life eternal. And though we cannot peer beyond the grave by our natural reason and senses which God has given us, because he has spoken to us the true word, we have certain and sure confidence that Christ has even made a way for us through the grave. Though death takes our breath away, yet still we go to God. Since he has risen from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, we who are members of his immortal body must follow, not only in death through baptism, but also in the resurrection. I could not convince you of this by my word, for my word is pointless if it is not backed with the word of God. But by the word of God, which is inspired by the Holy Ghost, we too may believe this to be truth. And so hold the peace within our hearts that the world cannot give us. We know that whoever believes will be saved. Now, I spoke of the Old Testament once before, but I encourage you to hear again. Those who came before us in the Old Testament, those whom Nicodemus prided himself in being related to, had no other faith than the faith in Jesus the Messiah who would come. But did they understand it? Did they understand baptism as Christ would institute it? No. And yet they were all baptized into Moses in the Red Sea. And before that, we are told that the flood which destroyed the sinful world and did not touch Noah and his family, eight souls and all, now corresponds to baptism. As we are brought through the Waters that in fact first kill us and come out alive. And we hear in Ezekiel that the Lord would take from his people their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, sprinkling them with purified water. And now we have baptism, which has become the life-giving flood, purging from us all sin, guilt, and shame, bestowing upon us forgiveness of sins and eternal life in Christ. Now, did the saints of old know what the Lord's Supper would look like? Did they know that you and I today would be joining them in the heavenly chorus of angels and archangels and all those who have died before us? Did they know that we would be here coming to this altar, kneeling down and and taking on our hand or in our mouths the bread and the wine that is Christ's body? 
No, they did not understand, and yet they still believed. They had the Passover lamb, but now we have an even better lamb, the lamb of God, Christ himself, in, with, and under the bread and the wine in a mystical union, a mystery that gives the forgiveness of our sins. And who could understand the office of the keys, the word of absolution? For they were bound of sacrifice and continually sacrificed for their sins. But what sacrifice do we have now? You don't see me up here, up to my knees in blood of bulls or goats. Surely I doubt many of you would stay very long. But now what do we have? A sacrifice of a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, ending with thanksgiving to our God for all the work he has done to redeem us. Though the saints of old could not have understood these things, for they had not yet heard of them, they had confidence and died in the faith of the Messiah who would come and usher in an even better word. They firmly grasped him by faith, though they did not see him with their own eyes, in the same way that Nicodemus looked at Jesus the night that he visited him. And now you and I are in the same spot as the saints of old. We do not see Jesus with our own eyes. We are not even given to understand in the fullness of things what is to come. But we grasp on to eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith alone, by grace alone. God does not ask you to understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity or his body and blood in and under the bread and the wine or how the water and the word can do such great things. He asks you to believe his word, to hold fast to it and endure until the end. You are called to believe it because it is the word of God and God has planted faith in your heart which clings to his word alone. And in and believing in his name you will have life. He who does not believe these things cannot be saved. And so Christ appeals to us as he appeals to Nicodemus and all who are yet far off. Come to me, be baptized with water and the Holy Spirit, a baptism that will give you new life. Transform you as a person. Make you a new creation, one who loves God and who loves their neighbor. And you will abound in every good work which my Father has prepared in advance for you to walk in. No longer be dead in your sins and transgressions, but be alive in me, in the Spirit and in truth. For it is the Holy Spirit who works and will work this lively faith in you, comforting you in your distresses and bringing you a renewal of faith each and every day. The Lord has transformed you, dear Christians. He has taken you from sin and brought you to his righteousness. He has taken you from the devil's kingdom and placed you in his kingdom of grace. He has taken you from death to life, from unbelief to faith. It is all the work of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that you may live before him forever in holiness and righteousness and blameless on the day of his coming. You are no longer merely flesh of flesh. You are born of the Spirit. You are a child of God. 
to worship God as the body of Christ and to share in the unity of faith forever on this earth, to encourage one another, to love one another, to forgive one another as God has forgiven you. It calls you to daily live in this baptism, to put off all the works of the sinful flesh, And for every day that you hold firmly to the faith in Christ, he will not, will not leave you. In fact, he will cause in you to grow that faith evermore, increasing in faith toward him and in good works toward your neighbor. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.